I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you have yet to visit the Dr. Dish Basketball website, you're really missing out on some great resources. I think they're great, and part of the reason why is because there's a series on there that I've created for you to work with your players. There are drills there with videos, descriptions, and fast model diagrams for you to be able to see what the drills look like there. To find all of those, just simply visit drdishbasketball.com and click on blog from the drop-down menu. Again, that's drdishbasketball.com. Great to have on the podcast today, Coach Lewis Shine, college basketball coach and host of the Interview Podcast. Coach, thanks for making some time for us today. Man, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. The main thing that we want to talk about today, probably people that saw the title of this, is Coach's new ebook. You and I were just talking about this beforehand, but one of the positives of COVID mm-hmm. is the fact that some of us coaches had some extra time on our hands to work on some side projects. And yeah. his main side project was an ebook called Defensive Keys to Becoming a Top Defensive Team. Aside from the fact that you found yourself with some more time and probably ideas just bouncing around in your head, the origins for this book, and then maybe also what exactly, broad overview, but what exactly is in the, in the ebook? Yeah, man. Thank you, man. So this is awesome just to be on, man. I appreciate it. And um, like you mentioned, man, just, you know, during that time where, you know, a lot of people were hibernating, man, I, I had a lot, you know some time on my hands. And so, man, I woke up one day and it just came to me like, why don't you write about your experience when you were a head coach at D2? You know, a lot of things happened. It's like within that next week, man, I got my laptop and I just started typing out, you know, just the experience that I went through. My my motive was really to help coaches. You know, I don't claim to know it all, you know, but I believe that when you have had an experience and it's been a successful experience, why not share it with someone else, another a fellow coach, you know, whether it's a higher level, lower level. I mean, I believe if you even at a high level, you can learn from lower level coaches and vice versa. There's never you know, too much learning you can do. You can always pick something out of an experience from someone else. So that became the premise of me writing the book. You know, the book is a 26 page ebook. It's a quick read, but it has a lot of content in it. And pretty much it's just an overview of the 2017-2018 season when I was an acting head coach at Central State University. Uh, We had a lot of success. We we came off of a, a 20 and eight season before that when I was an assistant coach. My head coach, she did not return for that next season. So I became the acting head coach and I was the acting head coach for the entire year. You know, got a chance to not only implement some things that we had before, but just put my stamp on the program with my specialty, which was defense. And, you know, my origins with defense came back from um, being in high school, college in Miami, Ohio as a walk on fighting for time. So I you know, I wasn't shooting all the shots. You know, we had Wally Zerbiak, so I wasn't shooting shots. You know, I had to figure out a way to how to get on the court. I had an opportunity to play pro again, f- full of uh, a team full of high major D1 players, players from China, all kinds of things. I had to find out a way to get on the court and, and defense was my way. So I-, I learned a lot from defense. And in this book, I pretty much lay out the principles that I implemented in our program and and with those things that we implemented we weren't on the top defensive teams in the nation um, in several categories we were top 10 some we were top five 
And so that that's what the book is about. And you know, I know we'll talk about it a little more, but just a basic overview. That's what you know the book is about. It goes through those principles, um, gives some defensive principles that you know coaches can easily implement um, to help their program. Side note here, I have found that coaches have a lot of things bouncing around in their head related to their philosophy and the activity of just simply writing those things down for coaches that I've talked to has been therapeutic and also helped them refine their philosophy. And probably the 28 or however many pages you said came out is probably the best of the best. So early plug for the book. I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> that the best of the best is right there. You talked about the categories being in the top 10. I mean, you were D2, D1 stints, so at different levels and being consistent in those areas repeatedly. What do you feel separates your programs from the others? There's so many different philosophies, so I guess I wouldn't put it like that. But, you know, and I'll just be straight hardcore as far as talking about just how I believe. I was going for the goal. At the beginning of our year, I got a picture of the national championship trophy. And that trophy was on everything I gave the players. Like we were going for, I'm a coach that believes if, if you're not going to go for the goal, then why are you doing it? You know, I'm not one of those coaches that believes in rebuild years. Like I don't believe in that. I believe that you can take what you have and do something with it. Um, And that's just me. You know, some, some coaches may say, I, I do believe, but I just don't believe in it. I believe if, you know, all those cliche sayings, take a lemonade, make a lemonade stand, you know, if you're dealt a, a handful of everything but face cards, you know, do something with it, you know, and that's how I was raised. That's how, you know, from high school coaches, AAU coaches, college coaches, pro coaches, that's just how I was taught. And I always went for it. And the generation I was in, I grew up watching Mike, you know what I'm saying, in the nineties, you know, so that that's what was put in me. So when, when I was able to implement things with my team, we were going for it. And so the separation piece as a coach, I believed in coaching, you know, in a way of being an example. If I asked a player to do something 10 times out of 10, I was doing it with them. So if I had my players drinking a gallon of water a day, I was doing it with them. If I had them running 11s down and back in 11 seconds, I was running it with them. And at the time when I, the the setting of this book, I was 36 years old. So I have 18 to 22 year olds out there doing drills and different things. So I did it with them because I wanted to show them, number one, I'm in it with you. Uh, Number two, if a 36 year old, 37 year old can do it, then you have no excuse. So for me, it really worked and it helped because they knew that they didn't have a coach that that was just yelling down their, their, their backs, making them do something that I wasn't wanting to be a part of. I'm just trying to make them do things. So that to answer your question, that that was a separation piece right there, because for me, I got their buy in. And so now when I was able to ask them to guard 40 minutes full court, there was a buy in that was already there because of the work we put in. And I was right there doing the work with them. So we were all when you say family, I wasn't just watching them on the sideline, you know, doing conditioning that, you know, some crazy type conditioning, you know what I'm saying? I was doing it with them. So that was part of, that was the first part of that. I think the second part was, you know, we, you know, I recruited kids that were dedicated. You know, one of my things was if I recruited you, one of the questions that I sat in your living room and asked or asked you on the phone or whenever I had a chance to talk to you is, do you want to play pro basketball? <clears throat> For me, 
one of the things I found out in basketball is, is just being a player and a coach is a lot of times when you get around that junior senior year, you don't have that buy-in from a commitment level from a player because now they're winding down and they're ready to go off into the real world. But if you have a player that wants to play pro, there's a whole different motivation at how they go about their junior and senior year. It's not just I'm about to graduate, fall off, whatever. If we don't make it past the first round, I don't care. There was a whole different motivation. And because of that, you know, this team, this very team that I'm talking about in this book, talked to two of my players off of that team that I personally recruited. Um, They're headed to Kosovo to play together on the same team. And there were several other pros on that team that had pro caliber games that didn't get a chance to go on, but they had they had the talent. I had one girl that was 15th in the nation in steals. Our team, we we hovered between four, fourth and sixth in the nation, ended up being fifth in the nation overall in steals. But she was a pro. She went to camps and things and it just didn't turn for her. But I had a team full of pros. And so that's how we trained. That's how we went at things. And, and when we worked on defense and in practice, we were trying to stop the other team. And, and we leaned on defense a lot. So, Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. Build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,000 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your FastDraw account. Need a better way to build your scouting reports? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. The combination of FastDraw and FastScout is the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches use Fast Model Sports technology to help their team reach their goals. Use code AQT10 to get 10% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. Again, that's AQT10 to get 10% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. This next question will kind of move us into maybe the more tactical and technical things. But I had a coach comment to me last week. He said something to the effect of anybody can play defense because it's all heart. I know that sounds good on a t-shirt. I personally feel like we're maybe selling things short a little bit with this. It's just all energy and effort type phrases. Your thoughts on that? Good statement. You know, honest statement. But there's probably several factors that that if that is correct and it's successfully, you know, can be happen successful. There's probably several other things that are happening in order for that to be true. I find that you can have a lot of energy. We we went up against teams had a lot of energy on defense, but we we sift right through them because they don't know how to direct their energy. Playing good defense doesn't mean that you're 100 miles per hour and yelling and moving your arms and all that. If you see someone like that, they're they're probably more taught on that scare tactic, a lot of energy, yelling, yelling. When you looked at my players, they were poised because they knew exactly what we were trying to do. So for instance, one of the things I go at in the book is knowing that defense, and we had to teach our players this, defense doesn't start with defense. So we were a full court pressing team. So our defense started with offensive rebounding. Because if you're an offensive team and you put pressure on your players to make every shot, you're probably going to end up getting a whole bunch of one and outs, one and done, shot, miss, shot, miss. So we train them. We put them on the gun. We put them on the Dr. Dish, which is my favorite shooting machine. So we put them on the machine so that their percentages can get better and things like that. But we know they're going to miss. 
So in that instance, the second thing we did in every practice was offensive rebounding drill. After we did defense or some kind of high energy drill to get practice start, full court, defensive shuffles, we're going right into offensive rebounds because I know that number one, that's giving me another chance or our, our team another chance at scoring the bucket. Number two, if you ever seen teams get offensive rebounds and putbacks, what do you see the other team doing or the other coach? The other coach is mad and yelling and the momentum just goes off of the face of the players. They just, my God, they're like, man, you know, and they're looking over at their coach, you know, so that kind of thing happens. Number three, offensive rebounding gives us a chance when we get a put back in the score to set up in our full court press. If we get the rebound, we get another shot. If they get the rebound, they're going the other direction. We can't set up in the full court press. So our defense started with our offensive rebounding, and we were fifth in the nation in offensive rebounding. And so we we put an onus on that. That was important because we knew what we were trying to do. So now we get an offensive rebound put back. Now their momentum's gone. Their coach is mad. Enough of that happens. The players are, they're disgruntled or, you know, they're mad. They're down. They're calling timeouts, spending their timeouts. So now we can set up the full court press. That's what we want. Because we don't we don't want to just start our defense at half court. We want to start it at full court. You got to figure out as an opposing coach how you're going to get down the court on us. That's where our defense started. So back to kind of what you were saying about it's all hard. It's all hustle type of thing. Yes, but we were able to teach our players tactic. Why are we doing this? Why are we trying to full court press a team? Of course, number one, we want to steal. So. In practice, we taught players how to do smart gambles so that they wouldn't go for a steal and then they're in the locker room. No, stay in the play. You know, we taught them how to do those things. We taught them about deflections. We put an onus on deflections. You know, we we taught taught them those things so now they know how to play defense. They know how to have active hands. They know the distance between a person dribbling and the ball going from the person's hand to the to the to the uh, floor and back. So you have a space. So if they're not paying attention and looking at their offense and they're dribbling like this in front of you, get that ball. We we talked about all those kind of things, man. And so our, our practices were defensive practices. Uh, we talked about denying the next pass. And, and for us, we were not a team that just let the ball where, where the ball was just passed around the horn. You know how some teams you're just watching the pass, watch the pass and you get in a kind of a fake defensive stance. You're just watching the ball go around. We didn't let balls just go around the horn. And then it shows in our stats. And so we taught, there's so many little things in there. We knew that full court, if we didn't get a steal, our number one thing was going after the steal so that we can get the steal. We don't want them to cross half court. The next thing is if they don't cross half court, now we're trying to speed up their offense, which when you speed up somebody's offense, it causes turnover. So if we eat up eight to nine seconds, when they get over half court, now your shot clock isn't 30 anymore or in pro it's not 24 anymore. You have 10 seconds that's gone. And, and now you're trying to start your offense. OK, you got to move a little quicker, which if you're not a, a poised team or a team that's a patient type team and looking for the open looks, you know, patiently, you're going to make bad reads, throw balls away, um, balls off the foot, all those kind of things. Forced turnovers, unforced turnovers. I talk about all these things in the book, man. So I think that statement is cool. But I think if you tactically teach defense, you'll have 
you'll find yourself in that top 10, top 20 in those national stats that the NCAA keeps on purpose, those stats that are right on the stat sheet that when we go into half court, we want to know what our forced turnovers are. We want to know how many points off turnovers we have. So those are the kind of things I break it down from A to Z, and we drill those things in practice and we were able to get those top 10, top five numbers on purpose. I know people listen to these podcasts because they want to hear something that they've never heard before. But I feel like the secret sauce is really what everybody knows, which is make sure your players know your system, which is what I heard you say multiple times right there. And then teach them the micro skills that make them successful within that system. Mm-hmm. And that's not very sexy, but it wins <laughs> games. And when you drill it every single day, they know what they're supposed to do and they know the skills, like even being able to read the ball from when it comes time it so that when the ball hits the ground, that's when you make your move so that it's coming back up still. Like I remember doing that. I know that a lot of us do that. How many people teach their players to do that? And that could be the difference between having one steal a game and having four steals a game. Yeah. Did you do anything unconventional? It maybe wasn't just totally unique to you, but do you feel like there was anything within your system that you guys did that was unconventional that helped make you successful? Wow. We, you know what? Our system was unconventional. <laughs> you know, we did a lot of things, man. There are some things that I did even off the court. I was a coach that I got involved in the campus because I knew that when you show love to your campus, to your 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 um, student governments, your your, your your student orgs, they're going to show love to you. And I knew that when you have a crowd at a game and they're for you and they're behind you, it makes it hard for the other team to win. I'll get back to the court side, but off the court, our players were very, you know, involved on campus. You know, we were always doing something because then when we say, hey, guys, we need you at our games, we had the student orgs retweeting things going out we had people doing dorm runs an hour before the games um you know saying hey come on out you know game time in an hour let's go you know running through every dorm you know we were doing all that kind of stuff and so the way we had our game structured is a lot of times the men's game was after our game so you know traditionally people would come maybe a little after halftime so they can get ready for the men's game. Well, when I became acting head coach, I was like, okay, we cannot have that. So we put an onus on that to where the women's games were packed. And I look back not too long ago because I was uh, applying for a a coaching job at at one point. And since Central State has become a division two, NCAA division two institution, this 17-18 season is – in school history, still number one in attendance. You know, I had a lot of people helping me, but man, we pushed on that, man. It helped us win games, all right? So when, when you add full court pressing and all the havoc and different things we were doing, and then you got a crowd there, it's, it's bananas, you know? So in our preseason conditioning, okay? So I was also a strength and conditioning coach. So in exercise science, my undergrad or whatnot, and I did my internship with probably one of the greatest, in my opinion, strength and conditioning coach in the world. His name is Dan Dalrymple, but he was at Miami. You know, he trained all of us from myself, Wally Zerbiax, to Ben Roethlisberger was there when I was there. Like, he got us right, you know, to be able to play the sports that we did. And now he's the head of strength and conditioning coach for the New Orleans Saints. So he 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 did his thing, but there was things that I learned because there was old school type things. So, for instance, in the preseason conditioning, we did pool workouts. 
there's not a lot of teams. There's some teams that do them, but there's not a lot of teams that do them. And, and that's only the ones that I feel like I've known that I've went into programs, learned behind the scenes, going and visited teams and things like that. So I found out that a lot of people don't do it. And that gives you an advantage. We were a 40 minute pressing team. We needed a workout, a pool workout where we're doing things like three sets of 30 seconds running underwater because now there's resistance in every direction that your body is moving. And there's a thing called the inner core of your body that strengthens the inner core that weights can't do, that conditioning cannot do, that nothing you can think of can do, that only water workouts can do. So we took advantage of those things. We did interval workouts. And you may know about this as a coach. Interval workouts is different from, I'm just going to go through my three sets of 10 over here, take my break, drink my water, go over here and do this. No, we're interval, break, interval, different thing. We did those things. You know, one of the things I learned about in school is anaerobic and aerobic training. So anaerobic, that's without oxygen. Those are more like your sprints and different things like that. But your aerobic is more like your three minute runs, endurance, things like that. You have to train your body both ways because when you're playing 40 minutes, you need both. So I tried to bring every single thing in to the program that would give us the edge. So now to get back to where you asked on the court, <laughs> unconventional things, of course, 40 minutes of pressing. Our whole team could do it. So when five come out, five come in, is press. Any type of subs, we were able to press. There's a number of other things, man, that we had, but those are just a few. So boil this down, the two or three keys to being a great defensive team. I'm going to give you a few. Like you said, boil it down. I'll give you two or maybe three. There's several in the book. The first thing is aimed at your preseason conditioning, mainly conditioning. The conditioning that we did was the same conditioning that a conglomeration of conditioning that I did in college that I did in the pros as a male. So I was a head coach of a female team and I did the same things with them that I went through and some other things that I learned along the years. If you are not conditioned athlete, an elite level conditioned athlete, the things I talk about in the book as far as shooting passing lanes all the time, being able to sit down, active hands, full court pressing, different things like that, the constantly denying the, the ball, the high posts, the wings, things like that. It takes a lot of energy. So your conditioning has to be on point. You know, I've heard of teams that they don't even do mild tests, you know, things like that. You got to do those kind of things. Those are endurance tests that you must do. I say that is the foundation. That's before you even teach them the skills to playing defense. Preseason conditioning has to be a beast because it's a long season. So I would say that's the first key. I talk about that before I go into any of the, the details about defense. The second thing is you have to build a hunger in your players for defense. You know, everybody goes in the gym. They want to shoot the ball. I'm going to get I'm going to go get my shots up today. But when have you worked, walked in the gym and a player is out there just working on their defense or or playing against nobody and working on different things or, you know, working on their their side steps or or their lunge steps and things like that. I built the hunger in my players. So this would come in film sessions where I would send players uh, a, a film of a Scottie Pippen and, and, and Michael Jordan, 
you know, full court pressing the guy in the uh, Tony Kukoc in the Olympics where they just tried to eat him alive, you know, like those kinds of things to show them the passion from the best. I mean, we would do that kind of stuff on, on in our rebounding, which I which I mentioned earlier leads to defense, your offensive rebounding. But I will send my players film on Dennis Rodman so they can see what he was doing. And then I would talk to them about that. So it's building this passion, this hunger on the inside of them. That's another key. In the ebook, I go through different keys, you know, how to steal passes, you know, how we were forcing turnovers and things like that. But those are the keys. But man, these things I'm talking about now, they come before the keys even come. Because if if you're saying now, I want you to play defense, hurry up, go full court, D, full court. And they don't have like the conditioning and they don't have the understanding why I'm doing this. I think the power on how that thing will flow in your in your defense, it will be lacking because you're just telling them to go do something and they don't know why they're doing it. They just like coach told me to go do it and I'm going to set up. You have to have those two things there in place. Now I can begin to teach them how to shoot passing lanes, how to deny passes, how to take balls from players when they're dribbling, like things like that. The book is The Defensive Keys to Becoming a Top Defensive Team. He has teased these, but there are a whole lot more uh, keys involved in it. Where can they get that book? Thanks so much. Um, you can get this book on my website, uh, lewisshine.com, lewisshine.com backslash defense ebook. Also on any social media, my social media at Lewis Shine on everything. And the link is right there in the bio. So um, on my website under coaches or on any of my social media, you can go right to the bio, click on that link. It'll take you right to the ebook. And as I mentioned at the beginning, Coach is also the host of the Interview You podcast, and you have some special things coming up here. Why don't you tell them about that? So, you know, we just launched our new uh, podcast series uh, with Fast Model Sports. And I know uh, Coach Tony, you know, you connected with them as well. Um, great organization. Um, I've used their products. <laughs> you know, college really helped me out in what I was doing. So we just launched that um, every Wednesday. Um, that episode is coming out for the next three Wednesdays, actually. So check it out. We're, you know, talking with a lot of people. My first guest was Erica Williamson, you know, Notre Dame grad. She was amazing. Talked a lot about the company and her journey, you know, so it was great. So, you know, that's the thing that we have going on right now. And it's a great series. I'm going to be interviewing a um, few more uh, clients that actually use uh, Fast Model Sports and talk to them about you know their success with it. And so, yeah, interview you podcast, um, you know, on all major podcast platforms, as well as on social media at interview you pod. That's going to be a great series. We're looking forward to hearing that. That's Coach Lewis Shine, college coach and podcast host. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.